Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, along with my good friend Dan. Dan's Dan's not in quite as good a mood this week because (laughs) sporting didn't do what we wanted them to do. So, uh, Dan, how's how's it going? Dude, it's going fine. You, You see what happens when you leave town, right? When you go out of town, bad things happen, brother. If you yeah, guys don't well, know, uh, you have family. All right. I get it. You have family in LA <laughs> and you have to see them once every five years. I understand. But <laughs> the, uh, yeah. it was less than ideal, man, to, for one, to play at noon because that just feels weird all the time. Those little weird Sucks. games. You Especially never want to play at noon. It was 10 a.m. in LA. It was 10 a.m. Oh, that's when true. I was watching the game. Well, you're used to getting up early for Premier League, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and you weren't there long enough to even get MLS. (laughs) You weren't even accustomed to the time zone yet. You were fine. That's true. But I will (laughs) tell you, you guys, uh, first off, welcome to the show. All right. I hope you all are pissed with me. And we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna unpack this game a little bit. But for starters, Jimmy, I want to give a shout out to our latest five star rating and review. All right, now this is from Piper Chupacabra, okay? Piper Chupacabra, (laughs) okay. And it says, lo mejor, mayor, lo mayor, not mejor, that's weird. What does that that mean, by the way? That's Spanish. Mejor? Mayor, mayor, lo mayor. Oh, mayor, I I was like, you know what, mejor is something entirely different. Um, Yeah, that'd be weird. But... uh, We'll Google Translate that, but it says keep it's, it's up the, the good work. <laughs> keep up the good work, guys. You guys are the perfect level of uncomfortable. Love it. Hey, that's that a, a good compliment. compliment. <laughs> I, I think so. I think okay. so. Uh, yeah, Chupacabra, uh, I think thank that's you. Evidenced by uh, Mayor versus Mayor. So oh, that's true. Perfect. That is true. <laughs> well. Um, much appreciated. Please. And if you guys yeah. have yet to even do that, I mean, go go leave us a review. I'm pretty sure most people who listen to this already have. But if you haven't and you're new, welcome and rate the show when you're done listening to us. Yep. Thank you. It means the best in Spanish. So that's good. Ah, um, that's great. Yeah. Well, gracias. A little bit for it. <laughs> gracias, señor. That's what I know. E señoras. Um, I, I did not take Spanish in school, so I did have to Google translate it. Um, <laughs> I should have known because in French, the best would be le meilleur, which is almost like la meilleure. So yeah, French just go. sounds like a little, it's like a lazy Spanish. Like if you just kind of droop your, <laughs> droop your bottom lip and you can make Spanish sound like French. <laughs> meilleur, meilleur. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just think you know, about it. If you're the, trying the that at languages. home. Just kind of droop your droop your face like droopy dog. Should, 
should I ask Johan that next time? Is uh, in your opinion, <laughs> is French just droopy lip Spanish? Is is says. French just droopy dog on a Monday? Is that what it is? <laughs> oh boy. boy. Oh. <laughs> Something tells me he wouldn't quite find that question as amusing as we do. No, uh, he'd be like, "What's droopy dog?" And then he'd probably is, kick you with dog. those strong calves. Yeah, yeah. Well, he boy's got legs. Do a little bit more, a little more kicking on uh, Sunday. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> dude, where do where where do we even start? For starters, where do we even go from here? I mean, the game was well, Sunday. We, it was so soon, so recent. Yeah, it. Uh, I think we start by saying when those lineups came out, you're like, oh, sweet. This is going to be a win because we're basically playing the Bethlehem Steel. You know what, though? So, I didn't think that, dude, because it was raining. And I'm like, shit. It's like in American football, dude. If it's snowing or raining, it's anybody's game. I mean, conditions are everything. That's true. I mean, it's not like we don't get rain here in Kansas City, so like I don't want to put it all on that, but you are right. M- MLS is one a weird league and two when you have a weird league and weird conditions, anything can happen. And, you know, I uh I don't ever expect wins on the road um necessarily. I expect at least draws and hope for wins. Um but man, when I saw that lineup, I was like, guys, this is this has got to be this, these would be a big three points. This would go a long way toward securing that for or, or getting us closer to securing that first round by. Yeah, um, I was ready, dude. All the results Sunday fell our way. Like RSL had to get beat, check. Uh, Vancouver had to get beat, check. And uh, uh, who was the other one? Portland had to get beat, which I didn't think would happen. And check. Loons. And then we couldn't follow through, bro. <laughs> yeah, I texted you. I was like, loons. Yeah, it. Um, I, we couldn't do it. We didn't get it done. We did not. Now, I guess the uh, the one bright side is it was against an Eastern Conference team, if there is a bright side. So it's not like we were dropping points against no. FC Dallas or LAFC, which will be our final two games of the year, which, of course, it's going to come down to those two games. Like we when we saw the schedule come out uh, to start the year and we saw, oh, our last game is against LAFC at home. A bunch of people were like, wouldn't be surprised if something having to do with the playoffs come down to that game. Um, it very well might mean the difference between getting a first round by and playing a knockout round game. So. Bro, the implications <laughs> for the rest of this schedule is terrifying. I mean, yes, a good a good majority of these are at home. Yes, but we don't have any more Eastern Conference games. These are all Western Conference teams. You got to take these points now cuz we're not we're not solid yet. We could still slip out of the playoffs, man. Uh yeah, it would be pretty tough at this point, but um but you know, we have not mathematically clinched anything we are uh doesn't matter we could we could fall out even though it's tough we've done that shit before like everything went against us and we didn't we didn't get it done um so yeah we will we will talk about all of that um here after uh we 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 won't spend tons of time on this game because we don't want to what's to talk about revisit it too much but there were a couple of key moments um I do want to talk yeah, about the two goals scored against us. <laughs> that one, those are def- definitely a couple of key moments I want to talk about. <laughs> um, I guess if I were to point out a good moment, um, 
in the 10th minute, Tim Melia made a freaking amazing save um, on Jay Simpson. Yeah, that was crazy. At, at point blank range. I'm not quite sure how he did it, but I want to, the reason I bring this up is because this goal is almost like foreshadowing for, for some of the other goals in that somehow the back line just totally loses track of Jay Simpson and looks for the offside flag to bail them out, which is what happened in at least the, the, the second goal, um, if not the first goal as well. Um, and I don't know, I, I guess I wanted to ask if you noticed that and, you, and if you were frustrated by how, I don't know if lackadaisical is the right word or what, but the defense just seemed to kind of be relying on the offside flag and not marking as well as they could have. Did you notice that? Well, let's talk about this. Was this an Ike Opara game? And by that, I mean, was this a game that Ike Opara gave up both goals? Um, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm let's, looking let's, at the highlights. Let's talk about this first one. Okay. The first so, one, he kept the guy onside. He was the sole guy that kept him onside, I believe. The first goal, well, the first goal was uh, was not really his. I, I don't think no, he can sorry, be. No, con- sorry, was further back. Yeah. Zussi kept the guy onside. Yeah, I was I was trying to figure okay. out if, if the guy Ike was marking was was maybe blocking Tim's view at all, but no, Jay Simpson, um, he he gets uh, the ball toward the top of the box. I think it's off of a Bedoya header, and he just fires oh, one right past. Jay right past Beasler and and right into the corner. And this this one's just kind of a good goal. The biggest criticism I would have on this goal is that Beasler did not close down nearly fast enough. He like it's not like Bedoya's header was on a rope where Beasler didn't have time to close in on Jay Simpson. It seemed like Beasler just kind of was wa- ball watching, caught off and then couldn't get over there and recover and Jay Simpson fired it into the corner of the goal. So I don't know. That's that's my take I, on that one. It sucked, dude. And he was, I don't know. I just, I watch Ike all the time. I mean, he's a big presence. He's hard to miss back there. It seemed like he, he lost his assignment a couple times in this game. Um, but that first save that, that Tim had, though, at the beginning of the game, holy cow, it looked like a two-footed tackle on the ball. Yeah, I mean, look, it was Tim, nuts. Tim is one of the best keepers in the league. I was actually looking at goalkeeper stats earlier today because someone was asking me about different goalkeepers. I mean, the the best keepers in the league this year are basically Tim Elia, Stefan Fry, um, Zach Steffens up there. We got all the Steffens, our good goalies. Um, Brad Guzan's up there probably. Uh, Luis Robles was, was pretty high up there. But, I mean, Tim Tim's a top three to five keeper this year, hands down. Um He's he's kept Sporting KC in a lot of games. He's saved a lot of games for Sporting KC. So I, I you know, I don't think this game, these couple of goals are on him by any means. Um I think these were just breakdown break the the defense just broke down. That's what I'm trying to say. It's I'm I'm on a well, little you know bit of pissed. So Well, you know he's pissed to give those up. I mean, the dude's on a roll for shutouts, man. Tim Milia is and and to give these goals up like that, you just see it in his face. He's just pissed. And I think we're all making the same face at home. At least I know I was. Yeah, he he hates giving up these goals. Um, he never puts blame on the defense either. He always talks about how he needs to be the one to get there and make the save. Um, we could have easily given up 
a third goal because that that first goal or that first shot from Jay Simpson should have been a goal were it not for Timelia. Um, Dude, there were a few things to really highlight in this, and one was David Akam was hungry and he he wanted to score, and that dude is fast. Okay, yeah, and but and also Matt Beasler hockey checked somebody. <laughs> that is true. That did happen. That's that's a thing that happened. And uh I just I was just like, damn, Mark Geiger's just gonna let this go UFC. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, if this was the NFL, Beasley would have been called for roughing the passer. Um That's true. Well that yeah, he would have been ejected. It would have been way too much for the NFL. <laughs> it's not allowed. Um you look at the quarterback, it's roughing the passer. Um but that isn't That's true. Hey, what'd you say about his mom? Get out of the game. <laughs> um that that's a that's an entirely different thing though um the other thing what i will say though is so sporting casey started off aside from that shaky you know 10th minute opportunity sporting casey had the majority of the possession for the first 30 40 minutes and and it really wasn't even i mean sporting casey had the majority of the possession for the entire game it's like 62 to 38 um and 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 they it wasn't like they didn't have their chances. I mean, we had twelve shots, six on target. Um, should have been more on target. Should have been a goal for Sporting KC in the twenty seventh minute because Gerso made a fantastic run, stayed on side. Roger put a gorgeous little pass in front of him. Uh, Gerso taps the ball around the keeper, and I'm looking at this right now. He's on the six yard line. Got a wide open goal. All he has to do is literally roll the ball in there. And for some reason, he tried to rocket it in and bounces it off the outside of the net and it stays 0-0. And it was at that moment, or I don't know about you, but I was kind of like, this game's not going to go well because it's going to be one of those nights or one of those mornings. Um, what did you do when you saw this play? Two mornings for you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, uh, I... I don't know, man. I, I was so nervous, and you know me. I get I get overly critical about things. I'm just like, oh, here's that here's that fall uh our fall dip right now. We're gonna we're gonna go and have to get a play in game. This is the this is where it starts. This is the beginning. <laughs> but I mean, if you look at it if you look at it on the other hand, was it a bad was it a bad game? Did we really play all that bad? I mean, should Gerso have scored a goal? Yes. Everyone say it with me. Yes, Gerso. Yes, Gerso. What the hell was that about? What the hell was that about, Gerso? What happened? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean... Does the dude have a right foot? I don't think the dude has any foot. Um, oh, my. He's just fast. Except when he's he... He's just a, he's a, a demon. Yeah, when he randomly decides to chip keepers like he's Lionel Messi, um, which he apparently can do once a season. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, like you asked, did we play poorly? I mean, look at Peter's quotes from after the game. I don't think the score is indicative of the result. I think we had 20 more minutes. I think if we had 20 more minutes, we would have scored today. For some reason, we just couldn't hit the back of the net. What? We created a lot of chances. We were shooting, but it felt like we just weren't finishing. Um, oh, my God. If I Oh, if I had two more years on my life, I could have accomplished this. What do you mean if we had 20 more minutes? The game is 90 minutes and you guys didn't get it done. How is he going to sugarcoat it like that? I, I heard he I heard he said that too and I I, I lost my mind. I'm hot, dude. <laughs> Peter does this every once in a while where like 
you look at what happened and he kind of does that whole, well, we deserved more or we, or we didn't deserve this result or, or sort of thing, which like on one hand I get because like, yeah, statistically you didn't play poorly. On the other hand, like it is what it is. If you can't finish, that's kind of on you. You played a B team. Yeah. You had your starters out there, man. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not much more that you can say. Um, I don't know why we aren't more upset about it. I don't know why he wasn't more upset about it. He just played it off. Well, we got to move on to the next one. You know, this was a really great team. Uh, no, they sh- no the hell they weren't. They shouldn't have been. Well, and it's not just Peter. How's it a really great team? When you look at Rogers' quotes, he said, "Yeah, I think we did really well. I do not think we need to do anything else. I think we got really unlucky. I thought we were the way better team in the second half. They got a few good opportunities and they finished." What was unlucky? Them. What was unlucky? That I, I, I don't get that. Uh, Gerso not putting the ball in an open yeah, net. Yeah, I guess that's oh unlucky. <laughs> that's that's about what I was gonna say. Um, I I don't think you can blame luck for the first for either of the Philadelphia goals because like the first one that we talked about, I think it was just poor closing by Matt Beasler. Um, the second goal, this is one where if you you were talking about is this a night game? This one to me looks like it's on Ike because. Jay Simpson's just walking and runs right behind Ike and the entire back line, or excuse me, not Jay Simpson. Um, another I'm blanking on the union player's name who ran right behind Ike. I swear to God, you keep saying, Oh, Jay Simpson. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> no, no. OJ Simpson. Um, <laughs> it's a different story. Yeah, no. Alejandro Bedoya ran right behind, uh, Ike and, uh, and then, it was was that Bedoya? I don't, I'm confusing myself. Yeah, it was Bedoya. Um, no, it was Bedoya headed it over, over to to Jay Simpson, and Jay Simpson just knocked it in. But if you look at the defensive line, they all just stand there, and again, they're just kind of hoping for the offside flag, which you can't stand there and just hope for it and give people ten yards of space to hit a point blank goal, and you can't just let Bedoya casually walk behind you unmarked. So to me this isn't really a matter of getting unlucky, at least on the defensive end. It's a matter of sort of lazy defending. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it looked way too easy, dude. 100% lazy defending. If, if, but, but you know what? Un- unlucky, of course, I guess, if that's what Roger wants to say. Roger knows. Totally unlucky, <laughs> lazy defending. Um, I just know, like, if, if, if you defend like that against the Union and it's the union's beat. I mean, yeah, there's Bedoya in there. Yeah. You got David at common there, but like Andre Blake didn't play. Um, Medunian didn't play, uh, or didn't start. What's, what's that again? What's his name? Harris Medunian. Um, <laughs> Keegan, Ke- isn't it, isn't it Medunian? Medunian. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I am, I am not I'm a sorry, linguist. I'm sorry. I just read things. Mundungenin. Um, Madunjanin. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh God. Uh, you look at this and and, you, and and yeah, you say you're unlucky all you want, I guess, but like this should have been at minimum a points coming out of this game, and probably should have been three points. But it is what it is, and unfortunately, um, FC Dallas went on to to win. Um, over the Vancouver Whitecaps later in the day. So now FC Dallas is in first place in the West. They've jumped Sporting KC. Um, they have 53 points through 29 games to our 51 points 
through 29 games. Um, and right behind us is LAFC with 50 LAFC. points through 29 yep. games. So, bro, you got you got Portland taking on Dallas this week, though. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess we got to hope for a draw on that one. Like, I don't feel good about Portland getting three points because depending on what we do, that's bad. But obviously, you don't want Dallas to win because that just puts them farther ahead in the West. So I guess you're hoping for a draw there, right? Yeah, I think you take a draw a draw or a Portland win. Like, I think I'd be fine with that because we still have a game in hand on Portland. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, and that's fine. But, I mean, of course, points now are better than games in hand. But And then if you get the job done at RSL, we're right back where we need to be. Yeah, so that that's going to be a big one. Um, we're, we're coming back to Children's Mercy Park. Um you got a, a, a little two-game home stand here over the next couple of weeks with RSL and, and uh, LA Galaxy coming in. Um, both of these teams at times have looked very good, and both of these teams at times have looked not so good. But what I will say is both of them are going to be very motivated because RSL, they're above the playoff line by four points, but also they're going to be trying to push to jump Portland so they can get a home game. And then LA... They're uh, just below the playoff line at, at 41 points, three points behind Seattle right now. They're going to be motivated to try to jump up. So these are going to be tough games, don't you think? I absolutely agree. Um, everyone right now in the West that we have left to play is fighting for a playoff spot or seeding. You know, No, fighting for a playoff spot because no one's guaranteed a spot. So everyone's fighting these last six games or whatever it is, or four games. It's That's what it's all about. Yeah, um, RSL won the previous meeting, July 4th. Um, it was in Salt Lake. It was 4-2. to two. Um, It was not a good game for Sporting KC in the mid, uh, to kind of kick off what was a terrible month of July. Um, Sporting KC hasn't beat RSL since April of 2017. And uh, the last five times we've played them, and at least in MLS play, um, the last five times we've played them in MLS play, uh, we're looking at one win for Sporting KC, two wins for RSL, and two draws. So uh, how are you feeling heading into a, a, a match against a, a pretty solid RSL side? Dude, nervous as as hell. I'm I'm telling you, the way that the way this Philly game went down, we're not I, I don't know, there's no momentum there. You you come off a five one beatdown at San Jose to go to, to go to Philly and, and go two nil. Like where's, where's your momentum? I don't get it. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough game. And what will be interesting is what the lineup looks like coming out, uh, for this game, because yeah, what about Rubio dude? Is he hurt? Um, he is hurt. Yeah, I was reading. Uh, Sam McDowell, I think, said that he would not be available for this game. He picked up an injury apparently while he was with the Chilean national team because of the earthquake. Um, was it really because of the earthquake? Yeah, dude, he like fell into the Earth's crust, and they had to rescue him. Oh, and he they had to dig him out. Uh, yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> that's that's you know, you've heard it here first. Dan so Kuzer is exclusively reporting. That Diego Rubio <laughs> fell into the earth. That's how he got a and, knee contusion, uh, which is a bruise. Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, they had to dig him out. So, which is a bruise. Thank you, <laughs> Doctor Dan. Here is Why do we say contusion? I just I got to tell you, it's just a bruise. So if your doctor tells you have a contusion, say hey, don't talk down to me. I know that's a bruise, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I mean, RSL is coming off a uh, a, a less than stellar. Uh, performance against Atlanta United, uh, where they lost two zero. Atlanta uh, United. Yeah, we'll talk about them here in a little bit. Um, so I don't know. This this is one of those games that is. I would I would say this is a must win. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean it's at home, so you you can. There, there's really no reason you can't get these points right now. I don't know, dude. And if we win, if we get three points, boom, playoff sealed. We'll be the first team in the Western Conference to secure a berth in the playoffs. That's huge. Uh, yeah, depending also, I think, on uh, what FC Dallas does, they can um, secure spots um, or a spot. Uh, they only get one spot. Um, but yeah, I well, mean, these. You are correct. <laughs> I. The you really can't drop points against any of these teams uh, coming up, but you know you got you got RSL at home, LA Galaxy at home, Vancouver away, which will be interesting now that Carl Robinson, their head coach, has been fired. Yeah, FC Dallas. What's that about? Yeah, I mean he's just been mediocre at best his entire time, uh, and in charge of Vancouver, like he's just not a good coach. <laughs> it's crazy and, and so you got uh yeah rsl home la galaxy at home vancouver away fc dallas away which will be tough and finish off the season la galaxy at home or la fc at home wow sorry la um <laughs> man i don't know i'm gonna be so nervous I, I i don't know if you can say every single one of those is must win but i think every single one of those is pretty much a must win at this point well here's um, the deal bro if if we get one of the first two uh, playoff spots, all right, top two seeds, well, then our home game in November is November 11th. What that means is okay. I'll be back home that weekend. I just so happen to have a flight booked to, to come see family, like an early Christmas thing. And uh, there you go. I'd love to see some playoff soccer there, folks. So we we got it. That that's what I'm betting on, dude. I really need that to happen. It's been so long since we've seen playoff soccer at home. <laughs> like we really, yeah. really, really, we're probably gonna see it in some way this year. It's just a question of of when. When now that would here's be huge. here's what makes me nervous. So let me read you. So our remaining games, as I mentioned, home RSL, Galaxy home, away Vancouver, away FC Dallas, home LAFC. I wouldn't consider that an easy slate of games. It's it's maybe not no. the hardest slate of games, but that's that's pretty tough. Um, FC Dallas, they go away to Portland, which, okay, that's tough. But then they have Orlando City at home, and they're trash. Um, away to D.C., which D.C.'s been pretty good, but but they're not a playoff team yet. Then they have us at home, and then away at the Rapids, and the Rapids are trash too. So that's an easier schedule than us, I would say. And then uh, you look at LAFC, away to the fire, and they're trash. 
away at the Rapids, they're trash, home against the Dynamo, who can't get it together, home against the Whitecaps, who just fired their coach, and then on the road against us. Both of those teams, FC Dallas and LAFC, have easier schedules remaining than we do. So I don't feel great about getting a first-round bye right now at all. Um, nope, 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 nope. You know, if if I if I were a, a, a betting person, I mean, I saw... I saw some stats earlier today that said like we still had like an 80% chance of getting a first round buy. But if I were a betting person and I had to put money on which place is Sporting KC going to finish in the West, I'd probably bet third. And I hate to say that, but I, I, I'm just, I think LAFC might catch us with how easy their schedule is and, and some of the tough games we have. I don't know. So, Dude, it's, yeah, you're not wrong. That's for sure. Um, we got a, uh, a, a couple questions here. Um, one of which, you know, you mentioned Diego Rubio and, and his injury, um, his injury and international absences have kind of forced, um, Christian Namath into the starting lineup. I don't know if it's earlier than Vermees had intended or, or sort of where that was going to go, but, but Namath's been in the starting lineup. He's got one goal on the year, but, um, SKC barbecue, Asked, is Namath really a striker or a winger? He looked like Daniel Shallowy at striker on Sunday. Um, I mean, we've heard what Vermees says. Obviously, Vermees thinks he's got a future at striker. He grew up as a striker. But where do you, I mean, do you think Namath at striker is enough to get Sporting KC through the playoffs and to MLS Cup? Dude, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's cool to. The dude can create, and he needs space to create. So when he's jammed up in the middle, up up top like that, I mean, that person needs to be a finisher. And do I think Namath can finish? Yes and no. But when he's out on the wing, he can really run that sideline. He can cut inside, uh, kick it off to a runner. I, I just, I don't think he's the, the striker answer. But that, but Diego Rubio was so hot at the time, and now he's, now he's got to go kick it on the sideline and nurse an injury. I, I just don't know where we go from here, unless Namath gets hot and gets real damn comfortable scoring a hat trick here in the next couple games. Yeah, and of course we do have Shelton, Kyrie Shelton coming back from injury, and and the team was in in pretty good form when he was in that striker. Um, I'm sure many Sporting KC fans aren't thrilled to hear me say that because obviously Shelton isn't the 20 goal a year striker that we were all kind of hoping for. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't like striker is definitely the biggest question for me because I think this team is built well to make a run to MLS Cup, but also like we talked about last week, the goals are spread around so much that like there's not really that one guy who can sort of take over a game, which on one hand is good because you got a lot of options. But on the other hand, like if you really need someone to step up, who is that person that can step up? Maybe it's Johnny, but some days it's not Johnny. Maybe it's Felipe, but some days it's not Felipe. There's no like Joseph Martinez or, or, or even how Benny used to do it where he could just like take over yeah. a game. Uh, who, who, Maybe do, do it's we... Gerso who scores two goals and gets two assists. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's, but but I don't th- I don't know if there's one guy who we can turn to, and maybe you think differently. I don't know, but I don't know if there's one guy where I'm like, man, if we really need something to happen, we go to to this guy. Um, 
No, it's a team game, and we, we definitely don't rely on one guy. So, I mean, everyone's just got to pick it up and start start clicking because we're in trouble if we don't. We don't just want to squeeze into the playoffs here, okay? This RSL victory that we're about to get, which I'm calling it a victory because they're going to bounce <laughs> back and get the job done, it's, it's just the tip of the iceberg. you got to get more, especially if you want that first first round buy. Yeah. That, I mean, Which isn't even really a first-round buy, bro. You know they only play like – like you'll play the next weekend, but if you have the play-in game, you have to play midweek. And, it's, and, and that's like the biggest disadvantage is not even that you have to play a whole extra round. It's that you have to play a whole extra round and then play again on three days rest. So – Yeah, three or four. Three or four. It's just it's, – it's such a disadvantage. Maybe five. Um. Whatever. Yeah, you'll play Wednesday and then turn around and play Sunday. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's such a disadvantage, uh, psychologically, physically. It's it's just I don't even if it's at home, I don't want to have to to play a whole extra game, um, especially if you know we might need that time for Rubio to get healthy. Who knows how long he'll be out? I don't know. Um. So yeah, that that's oh dear God. Yeah. Um, we did get a question from Ian Siebert. Um, we've talked about this a little bit before, but he said, how do we feel about the strength of the East versus the West? Where would we stand if we were in the East? Um, so I think, uh, not good. You, you know, where, okay. So if you think we had, we were, we were in the East, where do you think we'd be in, in the standings? Well, obviously, I think Atlanta and Red Bulls are just kicking the shit out of everybody with NYC and Columbus not far behind doing their thing. But, I mean, if you're looking point-wise, then, then yeah, we're in third place in the East. Big deal. But I, I do think the West is more consistent. I think these teams are more competitive. Whereas if you go over to the East, you're just going to get smacked by Atlanta if you play them twice a year. Yeah, I think top to bottom, I think we've said this before, the West is better, at least, you know, top to middle. The West is better, um, more consistent, yeah, like you, you said. How can you say the East is stronger? People say the East is stronger, and I'm like, no, you can't base it off the top two teams. Well, I think to start the year, the East did look stronger. Columbus looked real good. New York looked real good. Um, people thought D.C. would be real good even before Ro- or Rooney came. Um, but I mean, yes, Atlanta United and Red Bulls have clearly separated themselves from the rest of, uh, the East and probably the rest of MLS. I'd put us right in there. I mean, not just on points, but like kind of watching different teams. I think we'd be right around that third, fourth spot, probably in that tier with NYCFC. Um, I, I just, yeah, if if we do make it to MLS cup, it's going to be, a real tough battle against probably Atlanta or the Red Bulls. And, and I don't know. Uh, we, I mean, certainly sporting KC could do it, but um, it, it would be a tough climb. Question for you. Uh, what teams are coming into MLS next year? Is it Nashville and Cincinnati? I think it's just Cincinnati. I don't know if Nash is Nashville coming in next year. I didn't know if they were starting uh, until 2020. Um, I don't know. I thought I thought you knew. Oh yeah, you're right. 2020. Yeah, I think I think just it's just FC uh, Cincinnati, Foosball Club Cincinnati. So Cincy will obviously go in the they'll go in the Eastern Conference to make it 12 teams as well as ours. Yeah. 
And then, uh, but then when Nashville and Miami come in, there's, I mean, you're going to have to take an Eastern conference over to the West to, to make it, make it even. Yeah. It's going to be weird because then there's still, uh, so there's probably Chicago, maybe, but then there's going to probably be some, some Western conference teams coming a little after that in expansion. So like another LA team, <laughs> hopefully not another LA team. LAFCCC. We don't need any more LA, LA teams. <laughs> um, but like maybe Sacramento, uh, maybe Phoenix. I mean, well, here, well, actually, you know what? Um, if Columbus move to Austin, they're probably going to the West. I would guess. Like they, they yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So that'll probably be the Austin, whatever they're called, Austin FC. Um, yep, the Austin Trees. They are. Uh, they'll probably be the ones that go to the West. Um. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be weird, but I'm just, I'm nervous about one getting that first round by. And then two, if we somehow make it through the West, which would be tough playing, probably one of those two teams is going to be a huge uphill battle. Um, yeah, I'm really hoping one of them get knocked out before we get there. Like some, uh, like some Columbus and Atlanta PK action or something. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. Unfortunately, it looks pretty clear that Atlanta is going to get a first round bye, so they can't get knocked out um, in a knockout round like they were last year. They'd have to be beaten over two legs, which is going to be a tough, tough thing to do for any team. Um, I'm all about it. It might not be that tough if their coach is going to go uh, coach the Mexican national team. Well, there's the rub. That's where things get interesting. <laughs> and that's where the salty Atlanta fans would come in. There are reports you like my salty from, segue? Uh, that, was, that was a good segue. That was professionally done, my friend. <laughs> um, there are reports out there from uh, ESPN in Mexico that Tata Martinez is going to Ocho. become... <laughs> I yeah, I don't know if it's the Ocho, um, but... Although, if we, if you did watch the Ocho earlier this year when they had the Ocho on ESPN, there are some freaking crazy sports that I did not know existed. But if that was a real channel, like, I would watch that all the time. <laughs> like competitive <laughs> beer pong? Like, yeah, like just crazy stuff. There was like a crazy, I forget what it's called, but I need to figure it out. It's popular in like India and Pakistan and, and, and countries over there where it was like super competitive team tag. And I was like, I was like oh glued to the TV. <laughs> like laser tag too that's so funny but yeah tata martinez is reportedly going to take over the mexican national team now see ya nothing's been confirmed but he did say he would have to decide I'll his confirm. future with atlanta by october 1st that's in like five days bro like oh it's time my to god decide. that's so soon yeah so if tata's like yeah i'm gonna peace out and go to the mexican national team He's got to decide that by next weekend, and then, so he has uh, to leave before the playoffs. I don't think he has to leave, but he supposedly he said at least on a radio show in Colombia that he has to decide what his future is by October first. Now he'd finish out the season, but he'd have to decide. I don't know if they'd make it public or not, but now that he's made that public, I don't understand how you couldn't make whatever his decision is public. So. I don't oh know. My God, I'm so pumped for the drama for the drama to unfold. I'm pumped. Yeah, I mean, if if he says, "Yeah, I'm gonna leave," 
there's no way that's not a distraction, right? Because then you got players like Miguel Almiron, he's like, who's openly said he only came to Atlanta to play for Tata Martinez or Tata Martino, excuse me. Um, he, you have players like him. Well, he's like, well, now why am I going to stay in Atlanta? Maybe I want to start looking uh, in Europe and, and start looking. Well, don't for... take your take your little boy body to Europe then. <laughs> so that, sorry, that's... he's like a baby boy. <laughs> that's to me the thing that could mess with Atlanta, and I'm hoping for it because I would hear I would I, w- I would be here for seeing the Atlanta fan meltdown. I think that'd be uh, great. I think uh, Joseph Martinez would melt down. He'd probably shave his other eyebrow. It would be uh, it'd be a whole thing. <laughs> um, and I just Brad Guzan I mean, would start to sprout hair. Oh, man, see, that would be a big news story if Brad Guzan started yeah, Bri- to start Brian Erlacher style. <laughs> um, you know, especially after seeing some Atlanta fans have started this whole like nothing's gonna stop us campaign where they do hashtag NGSU because they think they're the best thing ever. Um, that's that's their acronym. That it's Nothing's I've started to see us? it, yeah, gain traction in Atlanta United fan circles. So, oh my god, yeah, oh my god, I'm like maybe win something even... of significance first, but seriously, oh, could something just, oh, just a, a satellite fall on that stadium? Something. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did get into it a little bit back and forth with an Atlanta fan because you know they you had did? their the well there was Steve Stephen Goff, um, he's Washington Post. Who's that? He. Oh, he, I was like, is that the quarterback for LA Rams? Who's that? <laughs> it's his long lost brother. Um, gotcha. He writes about soccer for the Washington Post. Um, I don't think they're related, but he always puts out uh, MLS attendance numbers, and obviously Atlanta does very well in attendance. In their last game, they put oh 70, no way, 000. haven't uh, heard. And so there was like seventy thousand, and then the next highest was like thirty five thousand, whatever. And some Atlanta fan was like. Atlanta just kills everybody. No one else can even come close. And someone tried to be like, well, that's because their stadiums literally can't hold that much. Um, and he was like, d- said something like, doesn't matter. Like no one, no one can touch Atlanta in attendance. Um, and I said something like, it's amazing how Atlanta fans were born on third base, but continuously brag like they hit a triple. Like they just, they, oh, that's, just a, that's what you said. Yeah. Like they, 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 this club oh. was built on the backs of every other club that's come before them. They were given an NFL owner with NFL money who spent millions of dollars to buy instant success. And you've been around for a year and a half, calm down, thinking that you created this magical thing out of nothing. Um, you said that? Yeah. <laughs> I did. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Uh, and then he got mad at me. Oh, my and gosh. My Jimmy's growing up. Other Atlanta fans getting mad. And they, like other Atlanta fans were like, you know, we'll, was we didn't know the rules when's the rule of when we're allowed to to talk about how much better we are and i was like well maybe you got to wait a little bit what? more than a year and a half when you haven't what won anything rules? yet because uh, i'm i guarantee you as soon as tata martino leaves and almiron leaves and suddenly atlanta finds themselves in the mid table they're not going to be pulling seventy thousand people a game so i don't know i'm just okay first of all I'm upset you didn't inform me that uh, we were talking trash to people. I would have gladly come over there and like, <laughs> you know, I probably would have attacked somebody uh, inappropriately. But uh, you'll make up for it. I know you'll you'll hit me next time. I will. But I'll just tag you in things. Second of all, I'm proud of you, dude. That's uh, that's big time. 
Look at you standing on your own two feet, uh, taking Atlanta people down one jerk off at a time. I just, I hate it. I hate it so much. They've been around for a year and a half. They've won zero playoff games. They haven't won anything. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I kind of hope they still don't win a playoff game. <laughs> oh my God. I will throw a freaking party if they lose their first playoff match. Or, or series, oh, whatever it is. It's probably going to be a two-leg series, but I will celebrate. I think you'd have Atlanta to do the loses. Dirty Bird. You'd have to do the oh, Dirty would, Bird. Man, man, man. If Atlanta loses their first playoff series match, whatever, I will film myself doing the Dirty Bird and we'll tweet it out from the pod. <laughs> oh, my so, God. And it'll I don't be terrible. even know what the Dirty Bird looks like, but I love it. I, I mean, I remember it from back in the day with the Falcons. But I, uh, I can tell you this much. I don't think anybody wants to see me doing the Dirty Bird, but I will do it if Atlanta loses. No, it's so. totally worth it. It's for the greater good. The greater good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So if Tata decides he's going to leave, then that might throw it off. Um, one person who did not decide he was going to leave but will be leaving is Vancouver Whitecaps head coach Carl Robinson, who, as we mentioned, was fired along with a couple of assistants. Um, damn it coral yeah now good thing for carl is i read that he gets the remainder of his contract which is like two more years just paid out in a lump sum right now um dude did you see it said like vancouver whitecaps release carl robinson i release you like i'm just (laughs) like no no you fired his ass you fired him you didn't say well we're gonna go a different direction we don't need you anymore yeah I mean, Vancouver has been thoroughly mediocre while he's been their coach. They've made it to the conference semifinals twice, which is code for the second round of the playoffs. Um, They've won the Canadian championship once, which I got in a fight with a Whitecaps fan earlier today because he, uh, I'm just getting in fights on Twitter apparently. Um, He was (laughs) tweeting something like, you know, trying to compare Carl Robinson's resume to to Peter Vermees. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, you, they're not even remotely the same. Vermees has won an MLS Cup, three open cups, and has made the playoffs for seven straight years. Carl Robinson's made it to the conference semifinals twice. It's not remotely the same. And he was like, true. Well, Whitecaps can't compete in the U.S. Open Cup because we're from Canada, so they can only be in the, the Canadian Championship, which he's won that. And I was like, a six-team competition two of which i had literally never heard of the teams in it like that's not the same as the open cup so i don't know i'm just tired of fans of other teams i'm tired of all of them yeah so anyway robinson in his uh almost five years as head coach uh the whitecaps had a net goal differential of minus four so that's probably why he got fired um probably but- so we got to play them. So that's the. Do you think it'll make it a little easier for us to, to beat the Whitecaps in a couple weeks because he's been fired? Or I don't know. Sometimes when coaches get fired and there's a new coach, it kind of has the opposite effect. So I don't know. What do you think? It's weird. It could have opposite effect because they're still fighting for playoffs too, man. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it. I would be surprised if they made the playoffs, but, but you never really know. This kind of feels like it's them giving up almost, but maybe not. Um, maybe it's their last ditch hope at making the playoffs. Um, 
Now let's see. Uh, let's talk. Uh, there, there, there's a couple other uh, news items I want to get to, especially regarding um, U.S. men's national team, maybe. But let's look at um, the games coming up this week uh, in MLS and tonight the U.S. Open Cup final: Houston Dynamo versus the Philadelphia Union that we just played. Um, one, do you That's even right. care about the final tonight? Will you be watching? And two, who do you think is going to win? I will have it on. And uh, I I kind of think Philly gets it done because I feel like they have to. Like Jim Curtin needs to win something. But at the same time, I hope they don't. Um, Just because I, I hope they make it all this way again because they, they, they've made it to three open cup finals in like five years and haven't won at all. You know, yeah. unlike us who made it to three open cup finals in six years and won three of them. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously we beat Philly in Philly, uh, a few years back in the open cup final when Jordi Quintia hit that, uh, penalty kick to give us the victory. Oh, Jordi rest in peace. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where he is. Um, He's not dead. I can tell you that. Well, he's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. Um, but, you know, the Dynamo, they this is pretty much it for their season. Like, they're not making the playoffs. What's he playing for? Um, he's in – I was going to say he's in Europe somewhere, but he might have gone back to South America. I'm not sure. Um, but this is this, – I mean, the Dynamo, this is all they have left in the year. And Philly, they're still in a playoff fight, but they're probably not going to win anything. So this is pretty much all they have left in the year, too. So True. But you think the Union... Jordy's in Switzerland, by the way. Switz- okay, so he's in Europe. Uh, but you think the Union are going to get it done, huh? Uh, I think they need to, but I, I don't know. Could be interesting. Depends uh, if 10 or 20 fans show up for the Dynamo. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I kind of lean toward the Dynamo are going to get it done at home. It's in Houston. There will be 15 people there. But I think uh, I think Albert Ellis and, uh, and co. will get it done. So we'll see. Well, what's the, uh, what's the weather forecast looking like? Do we know? Let me look it up. Um, bear with me. Because there's rain in the forecast, my friend. There is. You so there will up. be 10. Oh, there is. There will be 10 people there. <laughs> There's dark clouds. Um, so, you know, Houston Wait, fans don't like dark clouds. Is it going to be like 31 degrees? No, where are you looking? This says it's going to be uh, like 80 and thunderstormy. Bro, am I on like Celsius or some shit? Yeah. Dude, all I did was Google Houston weather and it came up and it's telling me like 31 degrees. Maybe my phone thinks it's like a different day maybe yeah no i'm i'm showing like it's gonna be like mid 80s and stormy so i don't think it can get to 30 degrees in houston but oh maybe i was in a different houston i don't know got a new phone people <laughs> Houston, so Alaska. a little weird right now um that makes sense yeah so i i think houston gets it done but i'll have it on i don't know how interested i'll be I don't really care to watch either of those two teams go on and win a trophy. So I was I was on Celsius, Jimmy. That's why it was weird. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so eighty-eight and stormy. There you go. 
outside of our game, you know, who do, the, the, the biggest game of the weekend in, in MLS has to be Atlanta and Red Bulls, right? On Sunday? That's the biggest one with no Bradley Wright Phillips. Yeah, and he was pissed. He's not happy that he will miss that game. Of course game. he was. That's why he cursed at the referee. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's such a bummer, man, that he has to Supposedly. miss that game. Like, it really puts a damper on it. Uh, it does, because they will lose. I, I think he helps them up top a lot. But, I mean, if I'm looking at anything, I'm looking at Portland and Dallas, bro, and even Galaxy Vancouver. I mean, we, we got a lot of implication games going on. Yeah, Portland, uh, Portland-Dallas will be a big one, obviously. I think you're right. I think I, I got to lean for a Portland victory because of that game in hand that we have. Uh, just at least maybe Chicago gets it done at home against LAFC. That'd be pretty huge too. Now that's uh, that's the first game of the weekend on Saturday. Um, it's possible. I hope they can get it done. You know the the, the fire coach, uh, what's his name, Ponovich. Um, Ponovich. Yep. He might be coaching for his job. Velcro. <laughs> he might be coaching for his job. So. Um, I don't know. If you get any of those fire players walking around Chicago or coming into your bank, you need to give them a little pep talk. So, Yeah, I do see them sometimes, but I have to Google them because I forget their names. Well, they're not very memorable unless they're Bastion. So, or uh, That's true. You, I have not seen Bastion. You, you, you've, you've seen Nemanja Nikolic, though, a couple times, right? You know him. Yeah, I do know Nikolic. He's always with his pregnant wife walking around. Um. But who was the guy? Who was the guy I told you last week? I saw Michael Delu. I see. I already forgot his name. Yes, Delu. Yeah, he. Uh, you recognized like, him as a fire player, right? You just didn't know who he was. Right, and it, like I recognized him first, but then he was also wearing fire gear because oh. I think they had to take off to. Uh, they had to go somewhere. They were flying out that day. Gotcha. Okay. I was like, that looks like a Dutch footballer. And uh, that's him. <laughs> and so you Google Dutch footballers, and he came up. Um, there you go. Yeah, I agree with you. Those are the biggest games of, of, of the week, so I'll be definitely keeping an eye on those. Um, For sure. And then lastly, I talked about some, maybe some U.S. men's national team news. There were some reports that Oscar, Pere- Oscar Perea, the FC Dallas head coach, uh, had a meeting with – Ernie Stewart about the U S men's national team managerial vacancy. And then there were reports that no, allegedly that meeting never actually happened. But Oscar says, should the opportunity arise, he would definitely be interested. So one of our, uh, faithful listeners, Michael Fearborn asks, is Oscar Pereja of FC Dallas, a better fit for the U S MNT than Greg Baralter? So I ask you, Dan, what do you think? Is who a better fit than Greg Berhalter? Pereja? Pereja, yeah. Do you, or, or do you even have an opinion? No, I think my opinion is that uh, Peter Vermees is going to take over the national team job because everyone's just lying to us. <laughs> Pereja's like, no, I haven't spoken to anybody. Berhalter's like, no, I haven't spoken to anybody. Peter Vermees, oh, I never took, I never had a call, but if they call, I'll, I'll answer. Uh, bullshit. Peter's taking the call. <laughs> Peter's going to bamboozle everybody and take this job. And now this is Carrie Zavagnin's team. Uh, that'd be sad. I hope it doesn't happen. Can you imagine? People lie, dude. Uh, Patrick Vieira, lie. Uh, I, I'm not going, no, there is no rumors of me leaving this position. 
okay, I'm leaving this position. Uh, Jesse Marsh, same thing. Oh, nope, I'm going to finish it out here at Red Bulls. Just kidding. Peace the fuck out. Well, he, People are liars. He technically, Everyone lies, Jimmy. He technically stayed at Red Bull. So Okay. <laughs> Not cool. Just say, yeah, no, I hear you. No, no one's going to so, tell us. Peter's lying to all of us. Peter is well, lying. Well, I hope not. That would make me very sad. Um, as far as Perea versus Baralter, I don't really know if there's much of a discernible difference between the two. I mean, I guess the good thing about Perea is he would hopefully bring in uh, some more of those uh, Latin American players, Hispanic players that seem to have been neglected by the U.S. Soccer Federation. Um I think there's a lot of untapped talent. Racism's there. alive and well. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think there's a lot of untapped talent there, and it's not that someone like Peter or or Baralter couldn't if they didn't want to, but I do think there's something to be said for having a coach um, who who is is of the same or similar heritage um, to to players in underserved communities that haven't had the opportunities to to get into the system. Um, I think Preya would be a good coach. I don't. I don't know if I have enough of an opinion to say he would be in, you know, a bunch better or a bunch worse than Baralter. Um, but I don't think so either. I don't know. It does seem to, th- I do seem to agree with most people though that it seems like Baralter is probably the favorite for the job, but who knows? We'll see. Um, Time will tell. And then one, we'll all be bamboozled. We will be. One last thing that I just remembered I wanted to ask you about because this uh, I saw this in the news earlier this week. This doesn't have anything to do with the men's national team, but did you see the reports? Uh, I think it was uh, Sam Stachel who first said it, and then Paul Tenorio expanded on it, that MLS is considering getting rid of the third designated player spot. And what do you think about that? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, probably not a good thing. Probably not a good thing to do, right? Yeah, they they said that if they got rid of the third DP slot, they would add more TAM, targeted allocation money. Because um, we all know what that is. <laughs> yeah, there's TAM and there's GAM Fake and they're money. different. Um, what I think it would do is I think it would probably increase the quality of the average player, but you'd have a lot less stars in the league, and I don't think that that's probably good overall for the league. If they want to continue to attract big talent, you need to let teams that choose to spend spend if they want to so i don't know i think it was drew vanderplug uh said that it probably helps teams like skc that don't go out there and spend 10 million dollars on a player like it'll actually be beneficial to us but it'll hurt teams like toronto and atlanta so let's hurt those teams (laughs) you're all for it you're like kill them if it helps us let's do it yeah i had i just have mixed feelings because like I obviously want sporting to be more competitive, more consistently, but I also want the league to continue growing. And I would hate to artificially make some teams competitive at the detriment of the league at large, if that makes sense. So it makes, sense. I don't know a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I am. Either way. I hope sporting KC can get a victory uh, on Sunday against real salt Lake. So, yeah, that's a that's a six o'clock game. No, it isn't. What is it? Four o'clock game, right? Four o'clock, yeah. That sucks, dude. I gotta play soccer at six thirty. Well, you're gonna go right from watching a game to playing in a game. It sounds like. 
Well, so. I'm not a well. Yeah, I'm gonna have to leave a little early. Watch it on my phone on the bus or something. But I'm no longer a goalie anymore, Jimmy. We have someone who plays goalie. Oh no! So I'm what now happened? right back Zussi. Right back Zussi. Okay, how's that going? Yeah, bro. I'm a beast. I, I I don't have the lungs to do those overlapping runs that Zussi does, but I am an interception machine. Well, there you go. And, and we got uh, this uh, English guy on my team that I actually met here in town. I got him to play with us, and I was like, okay, don't stereotype him, Dan, just because he's English. Don't think that he's good at soccer. Well, uh, bullshit, he's pretty good at soccer. He's probably great <laughs> at soccer. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. He's like, well, I haven't played in a few months. It's like, okay, you still got it. Calm down. I'm over here. My hips are blasted out of their sockets, all right? <laughs> well, uh, but you know, he needs an MLS team, Jimmy. So I think I got him. Uh, I said, well, you got to listen to the best MLS podcast out there. And you probably need to be a sporting Kansas City fan. I'm just saying. There you go. Where's uh, Where's he from in England? Do you know? Uh, I think London area. But he was living in Barcelona for a while with family. Okay. But he said he was going to be a Chicago team or a Chicago fan, but they're not that great. And I was like, ah, see, <laughs> be a Kansas City fan because we're always consistently good. Does uh, Does he have an EPL team? Did he say? Man United? No. Oh, that sucks for him, doesn't it? Well, it sucks today, Cause... you bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Russell's former club. Can you Darby believe County. that, dude? Did you see the free kick from Darby? Oh, my God. Ari Wilson. It didn't spin. He scores when he there wants. There was no spin. <laughs> the goalie uh, just stood there. Sources say he's the best Harry in England. That was so. unbelievable. The goalie just, just stood saying. there, and then the goalie gets a red card later. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. Yeah, and then that uh, that penalty shootout was the most insane penalty shootout I've ever seen. Every single Those penalty great. was amazing. And then Phil Jones stepped up. And then Phil and... Jones came up and took a dump on the pitch. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he literally pulled his pants down and just pooped on the spot. And yeah, then, I was going to get fired at work. I was yelling <laughs> at my computer. I was going to get fired. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a pretty pretty bad penalty by Phil Jones yeah. after what was maybe the best penalty shootout I've ever seen in my life. Um, well, welcome to the Man United podcast. <laughs> it doesn't last very long. To, yeah, and that's the end of the Man United podcast. That's, um, that's it. Do you have anything else for for our, our good listeners before we let them go? No, get out there, guys! Get out there and cheer and yell on Sunday. And get those three points. I mean, the guys need us. Get get out there and make some noise. Yes, sir. Uh, What's the weather supposed so to be like? Listening. You know. Oh, the weather on Sunday. Um, man, you have me giving weather reports all podcast today. Um, yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, now I got a filibuster while I look up Kansas City weather. <laughs> filibuster. What does that mean? You know, I just talk in delay. Oh, it's supposed to be I, about 80 degrees. Yeah, 80. Man, get out of here with this 80 degree weather. I, I want is that some bad? fall weather. I want some fall weather. Well, come up here then, Bubba. It is fall all <laughs> over. Uh, well, there you go. 80 degrees on Sunday. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod. Um, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMax03. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. As always, send us an email, noootherpod at gmail.com, um, and leave us an iTunes rating or review. Um, yeah, on that note, 
we will be back next week, hopefully after a sporting Kansas City victory. Yes. But until then, I'm Jimmy. He's Dan. We'll talk to y'all later. See ya. We out.